Make sure to check out our Facebook and website for the updates on Colorado Festival of Horror, September 15th through the 17th. All right. Well, uh, hello, everybody. Uh, Dan Crozier here with uh, Kofo Live and Undead. I'm here with uh, my guest, Gino Alfonso. Nice to meet you all. Thanks for having me on the show today. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, for everybody out there who's not familiar, um, you know, COFO is uh, Colorado Festival of Horror. We're getting ready for our first year event, which will be next September uh, 11th through the 13th, 2020, at the uh, Embassy Suites, uh, the hotel over on uh, I-70 and Havana. So right now we're, we're at the stage of putting out together our guest list. I won't say who. Because I'm not allowed to. But uh, but Gino, thanks for coming out. Uh, we're here at a new setting at uh, the Mutiny Cafe uh, podcast uh, studio. It's it's in the basement, and they have all these you know fantastic books around. They have Perfect real books. setting for a horror movie. So. Right, right. <laughs> uh, as as well, and incidentally, you know, you've got your movie uh, compatible, which yeah. pretty much yeah happens in uh, a bit of a microcosm, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, tell us a little bit about about yourself. You know, about your background in, in film and your interests. And then, you know, of course, you know, we're here to to support your uh, your new film project, which has its own Kickstarter campaign. It's yes, going on right now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you if you don't mind, I know that's a big loaded yeah. question. <laughs> no, no, you bet. Um. So yeah, I I come from a background in the theater. Uh, it was really where I started as an actor. Oh, great. Um. But I'd always, from a young age, wanted to be a director and a writer okay um i wasn't sure in what capacity i wanted to do all of it until i got a little bit older started doing some short films in high school oh, great. um directing my own theater uh projects and stuff and that kind of led into me creating my own company and developing my own short films writing my own feature screenplays and stuff like that nice. um, so that kind of led into everything that's kind of going on now um so yeah it's it's definitely been a journey yeah um for sure uh sold one feature screenplay that's in development right now oh congrats um, so, yeah, that's awesome that's, that's pretty cool and uh hopefully going into production on that next year a lot of stuff coming in 2020 yeah um for me and for my my team so we're we're really excited uh but yeah compatible is is a really different kind of thriller okay um thriller horror okay um, is kind of the mixed genre that we've got going um it's not a supernatural horror so we're kind of staying away from the ghosts okay and stuff like that yeah. which has kind of been a little bit done in the last 10 years or so okay so i wanted to kind of flip it on its ear a little bit um stick to something a little bit more modern okay um this actually came about from a dream that i had oh um and it was just a, a quick image of someone online with the um the symbol for the, you know, like, um, the market, like levels of, you know, numbers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like an idea. It was just like a quick glimpse of something that sort of spawned this idea for this dating app. Okay. Uh, which compatible is a dating app, um, that turns into a horrible nightmare for our lead character, Emily. Okay. Um, and she goes on a couple of dates and they're mm. kind of, okay. But what compatible is, is it allows the person dating to wear a camera hmm. on their dates and oh. allow their followers to judge the compatibility of the other person 
wow. that they're going with. Okay. So whether if it's not great compatibility at the beginning, it's up to the person who's doing the dating to continue seeing that person if they think it's a good fit. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they can move on to the next person. Interesting. Um, so Emily goes on a few, and they're okay, but not great. And mm-hmm. then she meets our lead, Greg, mm-hmm. who seems to be perfect compatibility all around the board. Mm-hmm. Does perfectly charming, sweet guy, really yeah. good looking, you know, the the perfect the perfect choice. Um, we got some squeakiness coming through. It's like, oh, it's, you could tell how it's like a haunted house is. here. Yeah. <laughs> we might use this as a location. For you, you might, movie. you might have to, yeah, right. you know, I'll perfect. put you in touch with Jim. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but, uh, so she ends up meeting Greg and things go great. The first couple of dates, mm-hmm. um, mom's a little bit unsure of the whole online dating thing, of course, okay. cause she's yeah. from a different generation. Um, and then, Things take a turn for the worst after about date three. Okay. Um, and there, Emily is kidnapped by Greg. Ooh. And things go really downhill. But I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. Um, so Sounds like my experience is on Craigslist. Oh, gee. Well, that's why people stopped using Craigslist. Right? I didn't get that email. <laughs> there was a whole Craigslist killer thing for like three years. Come on. Yeah. See, I just stay away from social media. Hi, Facebook. Such a hypocrite. Right. (laughs) Which, you know, kind of goes to the themes of compatible, which is the the dangers and the kind of what leads into the warning signs of online dating and the things that could go wrong. Yeah. And what situations people put themselves in. You know, they seem completely extrovert online, Mm -hmm. but then when they meet in person, it's not quite who they really seem to be. So people you know, put up a facade right on social media. Right. And so that's kind of what I wanted to hit on with this story and really make it to the, to the modern audiences and really show, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. It, it seems very uh, topical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just like you were talking about, you know, modern technology, uh, you know, I, I've seen and, you know, I'm, I'm sure many others have you know taken notice that, of course, you're you're going to have a completely different persona that you project online versus you know in person. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you all you have to do is go to like the comment section on you know, any platform, and just you know see just you know some of the most engaging or m- most horrifying you mm-hmm. know uh, elements of people because there's no filter. Yeah, they, not they, at all. They can remain, you know, su- supposedly anonymous. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just pixels mm-hmm. on there. Yeah. Um, so there's no like um, consequence of uh, confrontation, so mm-hmm. to speak. Not physical, anyway. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes that does lead up to that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it, it's 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 really horrifying. And yeah. and you know, I also think about too, like um, like online bullying. You see some of these oh, yeah. teenagers that uh, just aren't prepared to deal with this yeah. and go off and, and uh, due to it, you know, they'll commit suicide or yeah. they'll, they'll do some, some heinous act and some type of retaliation. It's yeah. Just really to get the attention. Yeah. Right. And it's, it, it is horrifying. And sometimes it's even more the adults that are worse than the, the mm-hmm. kids with the bullying. Yeah. Especially yeah. with like the economy right now and the turmoil right. that we're going through. So, yeah. you know, I think, I think this film is definitely hitting at the right time mm-hmm. with everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, you know, like the dangers of, you know, Snapchat and 
Oh, okay. Um, even Facebook Messenger, just like, yeah. because you can delete the messages right after, so there's no record oh. of the conversation, and it becomes yeah. more anonymous, yeah. you know, and things like that. So there's there's a whole nother level, even beyond what Compatible is about, and the scariness that it can mm -hmm. get to. Yeah. And, like, I would be horrified to be a parent this day and age, to right. be honest. You know, I'd be terrified for my kids. Right. Yeah, I, I've... Uh, I don't have any kids, but I've got nieces and nephews, and mm -hmm. even for you know uh, the fun uncle, yeah, uh, that's something of concern. Yeah, very much so, and yeah. So I think I'm hoping that this film is not only entertaining, but is also a cautionary tale, right? Of you know, just be very careful of yeah who you're meeting online and social media, and you know the confrontations that you get into. Yeah, and I, I think that is a a, a a good tool for for art is to kind of reflect back on, on society, like mm -hmm. what's happening. Yeah, and, uh, and kind of you know creating you know, a little bit of that uh, that microcosm of you know what's actually out there or an extension of that. Yeah, um, I think that's that's another tool of of good horror mm -hmm. is is being able to do that. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. and we got a great team aboard to kind of help see that through and yeah you know. you've got a, a, a fantastic team uh yeah who, who's some of the people you're working with uh well our cast consists of some newbies uh into mm -hmm. the film world and some veterans as well like we have eileen deets from the exorcist classic um she was known as the captain howdy in the film and uh, the demon <laughs> nice. that um Pazuzu that possesses Reagan, mm -hmm. um, and she's actually already shot some of her scenes already here in Colorado. We flew oh, her out uh, back uh, around Halloween, actually, in the middle of a blizzarding snowstorm. Yeah, so it felt like something out of The Shining, and she yeah. it was just it was terrifying because we didn't know if she was going to get back okay. And right, so it was it was an experience nice. for sure. But she's been great to work with. Glad to have her on board. Bergen Reese is playing our Emily. Uh, she's cool. done a few short films. Um, so she's, she's one of the newer talent that we have on board, but I'm anxious to really work with her. Nice. Uh, Joseph Kelly, uh, who is behind the horror film Clown Motel. Um, he was also in A Star is Born with Lady Gaga. And, um, oh, okay. Bradley Cooper. Sorry. Oh, that's a, okay. Think there. It's, a, uh, it, a, it's a haunted house noises. It's distracting my thinking. Um, yeah, no problem. We we like audience participation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but we have uh, my producer, co-producer Angela Joseph, who was also part of Clown Motel. Oh, okay, um, great. We have G. Larry Butler, who's known for like American Flyer, I believe mm. the Perry Mason Show. Mm -hmm. I mean, so like he goes back. Nice, you know, quite a bit. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's you've, an all star cast. Yeah, you've got quite the pedigree. Oh, a lot, yeah, a lot of talent. Yeah, for oh. sure. Julianne Prescott is playing the sister. Okay, um, cool. Look her up. She's been in everything, and she's endless for 2020. She's got a ton nice. of stuff coming out. That's great. So yeah, it's it's really exciting. Um, my makeup effects artist is a local effects guy, uh, Evil John Mays. Mm. Uh, we worked together a couple of times. We did a Stephen King Dollar Baby short. Nice. Uh, a few years back, so that was that was really cool. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I do. Uh, I do know the name. I don't know oh, if I've yeah. ever actually met him. Okay. Yeah, well, you'll get to meet him on on this one. He oh, does, good. He does amazing work. Uh, you can look him up online, and he's cool. got a lot of awards and stuff that that pop up, and nice things that he's been a part of. So. 
and yeah. and you guys get going really soon too. We do. We have three weeks. Um, we're are we're about a month away from production. We have a little under three weeks for the Kickstarter campaign to, to mm -hmm. finish. Um, where are you with uh, with that? Uh, we are a little over fifty percent. We're just over ten thousand of our twenty thousand dollar goal. Um, so if you like what you heard here, please go check out our campaign and pick up a perk or just you know contribute for the love of horror. Um, you know, but there is something in there for everyone. We do have a couple of uh, perks from The Exorcist. Nice um, surprise perks that oh, I was awesome. gracious enough to help us out with. That's great. Um, so yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. We got some signed DVD scripts, a um, couple cool. more cameo uh, positions available. Um, okay. but just a few. It's a very contained uh, cast. So yeah, uh, grab those while they're hot. Um, executive producer spots, which is you know really the big big perk um, yeah. you get like the vip treatment at the red carpets and stuff like that so you know come be a part of the team and watch the movie on the big screen and join us for a really great ride this year that that sounds uh wonderful um i contributed uh i think uh yeah i can't afford that much so <laughs> I, uh, I i made sure to, to get the, the the dvd set awesome um but i i highly recommend you know going and uh you know helping out um you know, this great pool of talent and, uh, you know, helping them out on their project and, uh, you know, making uh, art come alive. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, we're going to repost uh, the link on here. Uh, it's already posted on the, the Facebook event page. Correct, yeah. But I think only a handful of people have really chimed in there. Yeah. And we do have an actual Facebook page for compatible a screen oh, okay. live thriller. Um, so you can... Uh, look up me or any of uh, any of the cast and crew, and they're all a part of that as well. Uh, Pat Kusnadi, um, everyone, Joseph Kelly, Angela Joseph, we're all we're all on that page. So if you're connected to any of us, um, you can check out the Facebook page as well, and that'll have the link to the Kickstarter campaign as well. And I'm also on Twitter at Gino Gino underscore Alfonso. Um, which it shared a lot on there. So if you're on nice. Twitter also or Instagram, same, nice. same tag. So, uh, make, yeah, make sure to send us, uh, the compatible, uh, page and, and you said you have, uh, your production company too. Correct. Uh, genome films. I've done over 20 short films with that company. Oh, so um, you're just getting started. Yeah. Just, just a little bit <laughs> in, in, the, in feature films. Yes. Um, but, um, I have worked on a, quite a few projects Great. outside of genome films. Um, but we specialize in horror and the LGBT market Excellent. also. So we're, we're, we branch out nice. a lot, but for me, it's, if it tells a good story, if it's entertaining, yeah, that's the type of movie that I want to do. Yeah. Um, so it, the subject matter really, that comes more second. Um, but if it tells a good story, that's really, you know, what connects with me. Yeah. Um, so, and, um, you know, in, in general, do you find yourself uh, like producing, uh, directing uh, more horror content, or is it just just whatever catches your eye? I that, think it's as you said. Yeah, I think it's whatever my... catches my eye. I don't want to like be pigeonholed as that mm -hmm. type of filmmaker that's like just a genre okay. director or just this type of you know th you know thematic element or whatever. Yeah, um, horror is definitely my baby. Yeah, I mean, I I love horror. I mean, 
I grew up reading Stephen King, and oh, nice. Exorcist was coincidentally one of the first horror films that I ever saw Mine as too. a kid. So, yeah. you know, to have somebody from that film onto my first feature oh. is kind of a bucket list. Right. Um, that, so it's it's pretty awesome that it's kind of come full circle that's, to that. So I got to pay my homage to horror for yeah. probably most of my career. <laughs> that that's pretty sweet and 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 pretty endearing. Um, and and like, as you said, like you know, Eileen is such a sweet uh, you know individual to to have yeah. participate in this. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. So so you grew up on uh, on Exorcist. Um, I re I remember that was probably my first horror movie because I, I I pissed all over my grandmother's carpet. <laughs> I don't know why she left that going. And mom and dad and she was talking to mom and dad and the other I probably like six maybe. Oh wow. Yeah, that was not. It, I good. didn't see it that young. I think I saw it at like eleven or twelve. Oh okay. So like, that was like probably my first like more like intense adult. Nice horror movie yeah. that I saw. I'd have to say, but like, I mean, I saw like Stand by Me and you okay. know Friday the Thirteenth and stuff like that. But I really yeah. consider The Exorcist like my first true like yeah horror movie that stayed with me for thirty years after. Kind of haunted you yeah, or gave you nightmares or a something? little bit, but yeah. also just you know it's it's amazing storytelling, right? I mean, it's not just a horror movie; it's about facing your demons of good and evil mm -hmm. and it's not just one person it's everyone in that story is facing some sort of demon not just reagan yeah but also father karis and true uh the mother with you know the father having left and yeah. having to deal with the daughter by herself and her career and right you know the director even you know dealing with his ancestral background mm -hmm. you know um, with the war and stuff you know so there's there's different elements in there other than just the demonic possession right um but it's the demonic possession that we deal with in our day-to-day -day lives so it's it's really more a story of good and evil you know in the mm -hmm. natural way of things not just in religion right uh yeah um you, you're right the, the the characters have yeah have to deal with uh a lot of uh, reconciliation mm -hmm. with uh, you know either past transgressions or relationships and mm -hmm. stuff. So that's um, um, I think uh, that reminds me of uh, like the the new uh, is it? I'm probably gonna butcher it. Um, uh, Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So it's yeah it, it it's a terrifying series the first time you watch it and then you play it again and it's just like oh the real ghosts are you know the family the family's dealing with yeah exactly. all the the trauma that they, they've endured and are trying to reconcile with mm -hmm. you know and, and some of them you know aren't successful and some of you know some of them are mm -hmm. but uh yeah yeah it's just like that that ended up being it's like oh yeah that's the stuff i end up gravitating towards yeah the jump scares that's the icing. Yeah, that's the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like with Hereditary or any of these other new oh, horror, yeah. horror movies. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm I'm more about the movies that deal with the human drama than the horror is like an added yeah. like you said, the icing on the cake. And right. Like, those are the ones that stay with you a little bit longer than right. just like the insidious or the conjuring like universes and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. You know, even yeah. though those are good, but you know, I like I like a little bit more in my horror yeah so something with a little bit of backstory um where you have fleshed out characters and and uh yeah there's there's they're they're clear characters with a, a clear you know story arc to them 
and you can relate to them and, and, you know, engage with them on that level, at, mm -hmm. at least as a, an audience participant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I have a hard time with some, not all, but uh, yeah, some horror where, you know, it's, it's the character is just a prop to mm -hmm. get murdered or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like the Saw franchises and stuff like that. Right. It's just like, right. They give you like this much backstory, and then the rest is just let's see what horrific ways we can kill off. Them somebody, off. Yeah. I mean, and as cool as that is, yeah, you know, being a <laughs> gore hound myself, I I still would prefer yeah that extra bit of backstory to really move into a sequel if there's a sequel or yeah you know prequel or anything like that. Right. I I just want to you know be able to you know care enough you know about the characters to want to you know sit through the whole whole movie and see what kind of yeah what can i what i can grab from it whether yeah. it's a complete story or maybe it's a character piece or you know maybe it's just flat out uh comedy and, and yeah. i think a lot of those uh you know over the top you know gruesome you know uh torture porn so to speak yeah does tend to be more comical because it's just like you know like um there's another one that came out recently called the the terrifier i don't know if you oh yeah i love, yeah, yeah, the, I love the, the, the terrifier film yeah that that's one i just can't get into but it's like every every cup every other scene it's just like somebody else just getting eviscerated oh i'm, I think, I'm really excited for the sequel though I'm, i actually backed the indiegogo oh campaign that they, just oh, they had one yeah they're they're filming right now is I it still alive no um I don't know. I'd have to reach out to the, the filmmakers and okay. David Thornton, but I think they're completed because they're filming oh, right nice. now or they're about to wrap on filming. Yeah. I, I, Terrifier too. Yeah. I think Brian Bonner, who we work with, um, he's one of our guest coordinators. Uh, yeah. He's a huge fan oh, um, nice. of those, that, that franchise. Pretty much anything horror. He's he's there. Nice. He's he's the front row guy. He's you know he's he's. Well, come however, on board. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so yeah, he he absolutely loves it. Uh, he talks it up quite a bit. Um, now I'm you know, you know having talked to you and talked to Brian too. I'm like, eh, maybe I should give it another try. It's because I think fun. I think I'll, I'll I think for me it'll just be after after that first time it's just like oh this is nauseating yeah. because <laughs> it's, it's just over saturation. It's, it's, it's a super throwback though to like some of the. Um, set more 70s and 80s um, right. like slasher movies where like there wasn't really a whole lot of backstory there like they were just like crazy for the sake of being crazy right right like almost like an old Herschel Gordon Lewis movie right you right. know yeah. and I love those kind of movies too because you, they knew what kind of movies they were yeah. going into them like if if the movie knows what it is when they're being made. Yeah. And they're not taking themselves too seriously. seriously. Yep. I have more fun with those. Right. If there's not as much character. Right. But if it's trying to be more serious and they take out all the character stuff, mm -hmm. that's when I kind of lose the interest. Right. Um, but yeah, Terrifier, I mean, it knew what kind of movie it was. Right. Being made. And that's what I had fun with. Nice. It was just a throwback to childhood slasher movies that i'd find on the video show yeah you know the video store yeah um yeah growing up with uh like toxic avenger and oh, stuff yeah. like that so the, the things that are you know clearly b movies mm. and and you know outright you know don't take themselves seriously yeah um i absolutely enjoy it. you know we've been um uh, we've been friends with uh you know lloyd kaufman and tromon yeah. So we're we're hoping we can get them out for our event too. But uh, oh, we, that would be great. We had them at um, the Oriental Theater. Brought them out 
uh, I think in July yeah, for a screening. Yeah, I saw, saw that one of, yeah. my, one of my friends uh, went to that and helped him out. And oh, cool. Everything. So, yeah, no, Lloyd's a really, um, really approachable yeah. guy. I talked to him on the phone a couple of times. Oh, and, great, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know if he remembers it, but it was years ago, and he called me from Paris when he was like, can. Oh, um, that's cool. I was like, who's calling me from Right, Paris. I'm like, I don't know. This is gonna be a, it was like five in the morning. I'm like, my bill's gonna be uh, astronomical. <laughs> Luckily, he called, so I think it was okay. Okay, him, good, so. good, 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 good. Yeah, no, no, he's he's a lot of fun. His mm-hmm. his wife uh, Pat is absolutely uh, fantastic. Um, you know, uh, Zach and uh, Zach Bynes and uh, Richard uh, Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're some of his blood guys from uh, the the poultry guy stays. Oh yeah, yeah. So. So it it was nice doing that event because I was able to bring my my girlfriend out mm-hmm. and inter- introduce him to to trauma or introduce her to trauma films. Nice. And um, and yeah, so we watched uh, yeah the the new uh, sequel to well reboot uh, supposedly of uh, you know Class of Newcomb High. Oh and yeah. Then, and then um, yeah, we went home and watched uh, Poultry Geist. Nice. Yeah, is, I love Poultry Geist. Yeah. yeah. Those, are, those are fun. Mother's Day and. Oh yeah, oh, I love Mother's Day. That was one of their Man, more classic ones. Yeah, I remember um, the original. I I haven't seen because there's a remake, isn't there? Yeah, there was a remake. It was, it was okay, but it didn't have the Uncle Lloyd right. flavor. Yeah, to yeah, it that yeah. Some of them do. Yeah, and I think uh, most recently, not in the Troma family, but uh, um, <laughs> but I think what is it, late sixties or seventy seventy one, um. 2000 Maniacs? Oh, 2001 Maniacs. 2001 Maniacs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, okay. the, the original was much better than the remake. Although Robert England was fun in the... the right, that right. Was, that was the one thing that kind of made that... Yeah. I think I saw yeah. that when, when it came out. It was, it was like, you know, mid-2000s, I think. Yeah. It was like 2004, 2005. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fun. But yeah, it wasn't the same as the original. Right, right. Yeah, the, I remember... Yeah, the, well, yeah, just seeing that, it's just like... It's like, oh, yeah. Um... Mm. It, and even for back then, it was like the social commentary, yep. um, you know, was, was absolutely, you know, well, for me, it's just like, yep, um, that's the thing I, I kind of gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that it also, it just couldn't take itself seriously. Yeah. Everybody's, you know, does p- portray some kind of nuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it kind of, it very much had like a original, like Hills Have Eyes like mm. kind of feel to it yeah like, and that that's what a lot of um guess that would be kind of a precursor to hills have eyes yeah very much so yeah yeah okay um, yeah so i yeah, could totally hills see have that. Eyes was like kind of it's well and, and you look at that like like it's kind of that that fish out of water mm-hmm. you know so you because you, yeah 2001 maniacs uh these you know couples come come driving into this you know secluded southern town and mm-hmm. have no idea what they're getting themselves into yeah and can't really relate with the, uh, you know, the the local uh, uh, rituals going on. Yeah. <laughs> One way to put it. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, same thing with uh, you know, like hills have eyes. They're they're stranded and, and they're in an unknown terrain. Especially yeah, you know, the original back in the seventies. Yeah. There's no cell phones. There's no, no modern really, technology yeah. to um, get out of that situation. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's. Kind of, that's kind of where I'm, I'm with with horror though. I mean, if just yeah. the, either the straight, straight up goofball horror or right. you know the very more serious psychological 
type of stuff. And, yeah. You know, but if it if it's horror, I'll watch it. I'll give it at least a try. Yeah. Um, but there's really not enough of it. As much as there is, there's yeah. still not enough of it. Yeah. And, like people are afraid. Like, well, how far can I go with it? Because everybody mm-hmm. gets offended and whatnot this day and age so it's like i think people are kind of afraid to touch on certain types of horror films um, especially like the more the studios rather than the independents and stuff so true i yeah i think uh at the at the same time that's going on you you're you're getting these um these horror films that are able to you know crack almost a billion dollars internationally so like like it it, chapter mm -hmm. one yeah, uh, almost did that. And, you know, chapter two, Even chapter did, two did, did almost pretty a well. billion. It was, I think, it was like seven hundred million or something, something like it, that. It yeah, it was like on the cusp. Yeah, of hitting a billion for a sequel, which yeah. was pretty impressive. And I think that's that's why you also like you know see see them going back to um, you know the Stephen King staples. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you've got like like from newer properties like uh, Doctor Sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that came out and, and then, the outsider on HBO next oh, month, that's which right. I can't wait for. Yeah. That looks, looks pretty good. The fact yeah. that it's Jason Bateman, like it's right. such a weird, like out of the box and I'm not moment a... for him. Oh, okay. Um, he doesn't typically do horror. I mean, he's more right. of a romantic comedy kind of guy or, but he did do the Ozark series. On yeah. Netflix. That was a little that bit, really that was a little bit different yeah. too. Um, so I think this is a little bit more toward. Yeah, but like as far more like movies go, mm-hmm. yeah, he's true. he's definitely more the like go to like romantic interest or yep. character actor type, you know. So to see him in this type of dark role, I love the book. Okay, um, it's probably one of my favorites since like eleven twenty two sixty three. Okay, um, that King wrote, and probably one of his most mature. Books, yeah, but definitely not for everyone. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, given the subject matter, um, but it's. It'll be interesting to see how they tackle it um, nice. with with the intensity that surrounds the character and stuff. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a lot of the horror stuff this this year in theaters. But, yeah, there there still needs to be more. Um, right. But, in those, I mean, in those movies that we were just talking about, I mean, they, they got $20 million budgets or more. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're only looking for 20000 Right, um, you know, and we're so get on it, people. Help them out. We're in the you know that same vein as you know like Unfriended and Searching, which were shot for less than a million dollars. Yeah, and they grossed over eighty nine million dollars a piece. Yeah, it, so it it seems like as as a genre, like economically, um, you know, uh, horror does have the the greatest gains to be mm-hmm. gotten yeah you could shoot a movie for a micro budget like the paranormal activities also right. for fifteen thousand dollars right. and they grossed over a hundred million and seven sequels yeah or more i think they're on eight something like that another one was now correct me if i'm wrong and i'm i'm usually wrong <laughs> <laughs> but uh wasn't that uh, wasn't those the, the vehicles that that launched uh helped launch i should say uh, Blumhouse Productions, because that's like the yes, the, the, yeah, it was one yeah, of the go-to production go-to houses for yeah. for horror genres specifically. Yeah, that was one of their earlier uh, films that they did, and okay. kind of helped them be able to do the stuff that they're able to do now, and you know, really get that um, track record going. Yeah, showing that they can make a profit off of a very minimal budget. Yeah, um, and you know. 
the first one terrified the hell out of me. Right. Um, okay. You know, yeah. Because it's like everyone's had their own little experiences. You know, they say that they've had and stuff. And yeah. You know, so it's like, and that's why I think that movie, that series, is so relatable because people have all kind of claimed at one point or another mm-hmm. their own spiritual, you know, supernatural yeah. experiences. And to like feel that in the theater and no real music score to enhance your ideas and stuff, you know, like a regular movie. That's what I think made that more terrifying and more, you know, I think that's what made it do so well. Okay. Is that they very lack of music. Yeah. In the film. Um, But yeah, to show that that could be done for only $15,000 and make that kind of a profit, you know, yeah, horror can go to all different extents like mm. you know it can have a big budget or a small budget but yeah. it's going to make money if uh, you market it right and and you know the the, the topics and and the cross genres mm-hmm. you know are uh pretty uh, uh unlimited yeah because you know you've got horror comedies you've got horror suspense like you said um, horror. you've got modes that exist you know in them or you've got horror that exists in a mode in another you know feature film uh, so like uh, like Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. big suspense thriller. That was a slasher film. Yeah, was, yeah, straight, yeah, straight up. up slasher film. <laughs> yeah. but it's it's still terrifying though. Right. I mean, when she walks in on him and he's eating the cop's cheek out of his, you mm-hmm. know, like and <laughs> just, he's just a gourmet. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or when he's flayed up there on the bars, yeah. you yeah. know, just the just little like the moments like that. It was just like. It was it was definitely horrific, but yeah, it was a, it was a straight up slasher film, though I'd agree. Yeah, and and yeah, the 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 subject matter that they pulled from, like 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 that display, you know, it has earmarks of like Francis Bacon paintings and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so it's it's uh, it's pretty boundless in into you know where it can go and what it can inform, yeah, or be informed by. Yeah. And um, nowadays, with the the lack of censorship in horror mm. i mean what used to be considered like a hard r yeah or even nc-17 yeah back in the 70s and 80s now can be a pg-13 right. minus the sexual content right and even that to an extent is getting so desensitized right but like i mean kids nowadays are watching horror movies younger and younger right so they're pushing the boundaries of what can be done. Yeah. So I mean, it there are so many possibilities of where horror can go in the next decade. Uh, yeah. I think. Well, specifically with streaming services. Oh, exactly. Because yeah, most of those just adhere to like the 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 TV rating system. Mm-hmm. You know, MA uh, MA plus with you know like yeah, little indications of or, yeah 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 of uh, you know what what might happen or you know what what depictions are, are in mm-hmm. the film and stuff sometimes yeah. there's a little disclaimer but you're not getting not necessarily getting the mp rating right yeah um you know which which is kind of yeah even that's a bit antiquated mm-hmm. um yeah it just depends on you know what little shrewd you know house you know housewife or you know, you know, religious zealot might be watching know? or right, right. Yeah, like the whole up in arms about um, thirteen reasons why on Netflix. Sure. That whole situation drove me nuts. Okay. 
um, with the the suicide of the Hannah Baker character. Okay. And somebody got all up in arms three seasons later, mind you, mm-hmm. after it had been on for a while, oh. that it was too intense of a scene to show on Netflix, the, oh. the girl's suicide. Oh, okay. And there is a big disclaimer, Yeah. almost as if you're running an adult yeah. video yeah. that says, this is NC-17, if you're under 18... You're not allowed to watch it, mm-hmm. you know, or there's certain things in here that, you know, may be graphic and triggering to some people. If this is, you know, you don't watch it. Right. It has the big disclaimer right there. Yeah. And, and Netflix adhered to the people that were up in arms. Mm-hmm. They edited around the scene. Oh, And okay. they dumbed it down. Oh, okay. And that really pissed me off. And I haven't watched season three because of it. Okay. Because usually Netflix is like they, really ballsy and they just they go they, for it. Yeah, like we don't have to like answer to anyone. We're Netflix, right? You know, and then this one group of people come along and yeah. complain about this three seasons later, mm. and they they listen to the masses. Yeah, it kind of drove me crazy. Yeah, it's like really that was that was what the book was. I mean, that was why the book was so popular is because the author oh, wasn't afraid. To, I didn't realize it was based off a book. Yeah. Jay Asher okay. uh, wrote the novel and it was an award-winning uh, young adult novel. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, I mean, and that was what hit home with a lot of teens is the fact that he wasn't afraid to tell this person's story of suicide. Mm-hmm. And a lot of teenagers came forward and said, Hey, I might be depressed. I need help. So, yeah. and like for the, for a book to have that kind of, impacts yeah and then them do the show on it and then not stick to their guns right of staying true to the book you know kind of yeah you know kind of didn't sit well with me it does a little bit of a disservice you know it's it's a massively tough yeah tough subject to to depict but but it can also be you know that platform that that gets people that that need help help yeah to propel them to go get help. Exactly. And I think that's what the show was doing. And the fact that they, you know, dumbed it down, you know, kind yeah. of negated what they were going for and the filmmakers creative, you know, intentions for the yeah. show. And, you know, like I said, if it tells a good story and, you know, has that character in it, the, the heart that it needs to have, yeah, you know, that's what tells a good story. And that might not be horror, per se, but it's very horrific for Anybody any family or any people yeah. going through it. So, you know, the fact that they they brought it down to that level was kind of yeah. discerning, like, well, if that's the case, and and then they got the Irishman, which is, like, even more violent <laughs> than than that show. Right. You know, but they're not cutting the Irishman. Yeah. You yeah. know, because it's Martin Scorsese. Yeah. You know, and, it, you know, as much as I love the Irishman, it's like, where's the the gray area right here you know um as far as what could be done yeah it's it it seems like you know on the surface like as a society we're still not ready to talk about the hard issues of something like you know like suicide Mm -hmm. that affects not only you know our our teens or you know children but so many people of all ages and demographics Mm um and you know if 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 that can be, if if good art, uh, same thing goes for for horror genre. Mm-hmm. Um, if good art can be at least that that diving board, if that that point 
where you know that um, where we can jump off and you know start engaging and yeah. having that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's just like you know a parent to child or you know one on one. Um, yeah, then I think it needs the, to be helped. Yeah, just open the discussion to right. whatever. And I, th I think that's really what compatible will do for a lot of people is open the door for parents to like start, you know, being a little bit more open-minded to what their kids are doing online and, mm -hmm. you know, who they're meeting or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So I, I think it'll be, you know, a very important film for for people to see and also entertaining and, yeah and yeah. and really gory yeah. <laughs> um but it it does have that that story and that heart there yeah that i think a lot of people are missing from horror films yeah it, it'll be uh really good to to see compatible and in you know like you said you you guys are getting going really quick mm -hmm. so you're you're already probably in, in pre-production oh, yeah. and everything yep um and then um, is there like an anticipated uh, release date that you're shooting for? We're looking for early summer. Um, we're going to start post like literally as soon as we're done, maybe like a week off and then okay. like get into it. Um, I've got a couple of other things that I'm going to be kind of going into. So I'm going to kind of send it off to my post-production team okay. and kind of cool. go back and forth on a couple of projects while we're in post. But um, we're looking at, doing maybe the festival route a little bit um but we're already talking distribution plans as well nice um for possibly an early summer release mid-summer oh great um, great so then we can have it like ready for like dvd distribution like around halloween nice so like that would be that'd be really good for next year and then um with your previous catalog of of uh short films mm -hmm. and stuff uh people can see those on your website or is there a youtube channel um they're kind of all over the place, but yes. Okay. <laughs> um, in the compatible website or on the compatible Facebook page, I'll put a link to some of my other stuff. Um, we do have one up on the Kickstarter campaign oh, okay. that I did called Better Late Than Dead. Um, check it out. Um, my husband actually did the production design on it. Oh, sweet. Um, and all the the makeup or not in the makeup, but the hair mm -hmm. of the little girl in the the film and stuff. And so it was nice. kind of a nice little family production uh that we did nice and um yeah that was that was fun a little bit of gore there um but we we showed that around to quite a few places and cool um so yeah it's it's a cool one but check it out on the kickstarter campaign and nice. take a look at some of my work um cool and, and, and then you, yeah you've got uh after compatible like, like you you said you're you're shuffling some other projects mm -hmm. So you're going to be getting going on a, on a few other projects too correct yeah uh film that i uh, sold a script for a few years ago hmm. um, is finally getting into the pre almost pre-production stage. They're okay. wrapping up the financial stuff um, here soon. I, from what I understand, um, but it went from being like a little micro-budget shoestring to a much bigger production than we'd expected. Nice. Um, with the talent that we've got on board on that one, so really excited for that. Cool. And that's an '80s throwback kind of a stranger things super eight uh type of yeah genre but it's what's funny is i actually wrote that before all those even took off and sold it before those even took off oh nice so the script was kind of ahead of its time and i think that's why it kind of took a while to get the momentum going and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden like the type of story that it is started becoming a you know a big thing nice. you know taking it back to the 80s and yeah you know that kind of horror and stuff so 
I think it'll have an easier time of, you know, gaining that momentum and the, the fan base that it really needed. Um, so I think it was just waiting for the right time cool. um, to get released. So hopefully we'll see that in the theaters in the next year or so. Nice. Uh, which would be really cool. Yeah, that, that sounds really exciting. Mm-hmm. That'll, that'll be uh, pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, we're probably uh, winding down, but yeah. uh, is is there anything else that uh, you want to add? Or um, Oh, yeah. Also, we will have um, the film that I was in and was a part of Attack of the Unknown. Oh, okay. Uh, from the Mahal brothers, Sonny and Michael Mahal. Okay. Um, that should be coming out next year. I believe October is no the kidding. release next year. Okay. Um, I think we're having a show, might have a showing in the spring, but I'm not sure yet on okay. all the details there. Uh, nice. But that stars Richard Grieco and Robert Lasardo. Oh, um, neat. So I went out to LA for that, and that was fun. I got bloodied up in that. Oh, um, cool. Not usually in front of the camera kind of person. But yeah. That was a opportunity i couldn't pass up, right and that was that was a blast nice um, so that's fun and that that'll be really fun to see and they're almost done with the cut of the film so i'm anxious to see it oh cool um, so is there a trailer or anything there online? is yeah you can just go to attack of the unknown uh trailer on youtube and check it out nice um but yeah they have an updated trailer and if you look real closely you can see me in the prison cell uh, all bloodied up Oh yeah, um, where I got killed, like I'm in, like toward the end of the trailer. It's it's pretty cool. Nice. Um. So yeah, no, that was that was a lot of fun. That's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of a lot of lot of good stuff coming out next year, and uh, this one under my own writing and directing, and yeah, with our great great team, and uh, looking forward to bringing you guys a new round of horror for this next decade. Excellent. Well, uh, make sure you go to the to the website to. Or the, the Facebook page. To the Facebook uh, page? Compatible, a screen live thriller. And we'll put that in the, the comments on the yep the interview here. Yeah, so. and and then we'll uh, throw up the, the Kickstarter again. Yep. And, uh, yeah, uh, Gino, thanks Thank so, much. so much. It was, it was fun. Yeah, it was I great I could talk horror you. all day long. Excellent. <laughs> and movies. Excellent. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably have to have you on again. And, Most uh, definitely. We'll, we should do a follow-up after the film is complete. And right. You know how it the progression goes and stuff we can we can definitely do that yeah and, and we might have uh your uh, producing partner angela on because uh, yeah, we'll who else we could bring in to yeah maybe some surprise cast or crew members oh cool yeah try to work something out yeah hopefully we can uh get another one uh under the belts uh, at least before the the kickstarter ends yep. yeah if we yeah help uh push that promotion and yeah. and uh you know get uh see the project to the finish line yep Almost done though too. We got like less than less than ten thousand dollars to go on the Kickstarter. Excellent. So so, so we'll get, get over part. there and uh, look for the link on uh, on our page, and uh, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, thanks so much, Gino. You bet. Um, so this is Dan Crozier. I'm sorry you had to put up with my shit again. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, we're with. Uh, Colorado Festival of Horror. So uh, feel free to go to the website, uh, kofohorror.com. Uh, visit, uh, obviously, you're at the, the Facebook page. Otherwise, you wouldn't be watching us here. Uh, but uh, Unless yeah. they aren't. Ooh, yes. If this is being uh, you know projected into your brain, uh, send out an SOS. We'll send the authorities. Or not. Yeah. I don't know. You're probably being abducted, <laughs> mind-controlled. You know, who knows? It's probably a short story in a key Stephen King novel. Probably, or coming out soon. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Whatever he puts out this week. Right. <laughs> All right, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, Gino. Yep.